Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the POD cast, Pride of Detroit podcast, Pride of Detroit, POD cast we call it because it's Pride of Detroit podcast. We call it Pride of Detroit because it's a Pride Alliance from Detroit. Did you, did you know that? How many here didn't know that? Raise your hand. <laughs> Ryan didn't know that. And I hear you raising your hand at home in isolation, and we appreciate you listening. Uh, my name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the interim coach of this podcast, the managing editor of prideofdetroit.com. And um, that's really it. I don't have any other titles. That's who I am. Uh, with me on this very special free agency preview episode is, of course, Ryan Matthews. Back is the motherfucking rock guy. That's at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan, how are we doing this eve? I am doing great this evening. Mm. Wearing my Sanders and Brooks t-shirt that I got courtesy of BreakingTea.com that would support Pride of Detroit and all of their wonderful endeavors. So if you want to show off to your, you know, household animal who you might be supporting in the election this year, you can head over there and pick up one of our awesome t-shirts. Wow. You are already pitching deals at the top of the podcast. You really, you really are missing. I mean, I know you're off school for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, dogs got to eat. So. <laughs> <laughs> and sitting ever so quietly and, and politely is our very special guest. One of our favorite guests of the POD cast, Jerry Mallory is back. At Jerry Mallory NFL. Jerry, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. What's happening, guys? Uh, that was a very Chris Perfett uh, intro you gave there, Jeremy. You're getting you're getting more good? and more adequate every episode. So cool. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, keep up the good work, man. I'm glad to be here. You know, hopefully, you know, we don't have a lot going on in the sports world. So it doesn't look like the uh, league year is going to stop. So hopefully we get a little bit of action coming up in the next few days. Indeed. And in fact, the NFL sent out uh, a memo this evening, Sunday night, that everything is moving forward as planned. So that means Monday afternoon, probably right around when you're listening to this. Hopefully you're listening to this on Monday morning because it may be out of date very quickly. Uh, Monday afternoon, noon Eastern, uh, teams will be able to start negotiating and we'll start hearing some deals. If you remember last year, three of the line's biggest signings were all announced on Monday and they didn't become official until Wednesday. but the Trey Flowers deal, the Justin Coleman deal, <clears throat> the Danny Amendolin deal all happened on that Monday. So expect a lot to happen right away. Um, even though I think maybe, maybe there'll be a little delay since everything seemed to be in limbo until tonight, but um, we're going to get it into all of it. This episode, um, let me kind of break it down for you. What we're going to do. 
in this first segment, we're all going to lay out our ideal scenario. We're going to lay out who we would sign, approximate deals, all that sort of stuff. The Lions have 50 million in cap space ish. Um, I would say somewhere between half, somewhere, somewhere around half of that is, is spendable money. Um, we, we're not going to be given breakdowns and everything like that of, you know, what each year of each deal is like, but just like general idea of what terms may be and things like that. <clears throat> and then in the second segment, Ryan's got a fun game where we are going to play off season, uh, make a wish or something. <laughs> maybe, okay. maybe that's not the best way to put it. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, he's going to play genie and, and Jerry and I and himself, uh, are going to give our, our, our three wishes of the off season. So not necessarily what we think will happen, not necessarily what we, uh, know will happen, but think three things that we want to happen. Then of course we'll finish off with the mailbag, but with all that out of the way, let's get into the free agency talk. Um, we didn't really go through this. Who wants to go first? Who wants to lay out their off season blueprint? Who's confident enough that they want to start first and, and be right from the top. Well, I thought we were going to be playing supermarket sweep. Uh, <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a little disappointed that we're not doing that, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take a stab at it. So, okay. I, so help me out here. We're not doing the genie thing yet. We're just going to, going to go with uh, some free agent wish list type of yes. deal going on. Yeah, All right. exactly. All right. Well, I, you know, last year we, you know, we had a pretty productive uh, off season. In fact, um, it almost cost me my job. I was glued to my phone that Monday <laughs> so much. We had some, I forget what the project was, but it was a big deal. And I was sneaking away, looking at my phone every few seconds. So hopefully, you know, I want us to be active. Hopefully it doesn't cost me my job like it almost did last year. Um, but our situation is kind of similar. We've got, you know, close to the same amount of money to spend. Uh, we have the same, you know, number of needs, but maybe in different areas. So I kind of broke it down uh, in terms of different levels. So you got like the Trey Flowers level. You know, we signed him last year. It was like 18 million annually. Uh, we got the mid level. It was kind of like Justin Coleman, you know, Mike Daniels in that eight to $10 million range. Mm-hmm. Even Jesse James would be considered mid level considering, you know, how much we spent on him and him being a tight end. Yeah. And then we had the bargain signing like a, a Danny Amendola. So I got some names for each list. And uh, I'll run through uh, some of the guys I, I have for this year in terms of what I'd like to do. Uh, for the big spending, it's just one guy. And it's not DJ Reader. Sorry, Jeremy. I know you, you love DJ Reader. You're all for him. There's Lord, one guy he'll get his time. <laughs> There's one guy and one guy alone that I want. I, I spend big money on him. And there's a reason behind it. I have a little theory. And it's Byron Jones. I want mm-hmm. Byron Jones. I want to sign him to a contract. I don't care if it's 16 or $17 million a year. And here's the reason why. So for me, you know, I love Darius Slay. He's been great for the city of Detroit. But, you know, would I rather have Darius Slay at 30 years old and paying him 16 or so million a year? Or would I rather have Byron Jones at 16-ish million a year plus the second or third round pick you'll get from Darius Slay plus the fact that he's three years younger? So I'm all in on Byron Jones. Uh, Dave Burkett, uh, early uh, in the offseason, like right after the Lions season, I heard him somewhere saying that, you know, the Lions brass was, you know, it's kind of guy they're going to be targeting. They're going to make a big push for him. And um, I think when Burkett speaks, a lot of times it's not just throwing things out there. So at some point in my mind, the Lions have had interest in him. And uh, I do think the Darius Slay thing is coming to an end. So, yeah, I'd rather have Byron Jones and the draft capital of Darius Slay spend the same amount of money. That's my big spending. 
Uh, I got more guys. You you want you want to flip it over to someone else or? Well, no. Before I, I want to talk on. a little bit more about Byron Jones, and I want to ask right. Ryan a question. Um, it, if the Lions do make a move like that, they move on from Darius Slay. They either trade him or ride him out for a year. They they get a third round pick or whatever it is for him, and then end up handing Byron Jones that big of a contract. How are you feeling about that? I don't view that as being an upgrade necessarily. I think a lot of people would just from the standpoint that Byron Jones is younger than Darius Slay. And I think a lot of people view that also because the grass is always greener on the other side. And I think a lot of people are particularly sour on Slay right now, just because of the, the down year that he had last year, he dealt with injuries and, and things like that. And also, you know, all these other extenuating circumstances with the Quandary Diggs trade and things like that. So I think to just say that Slay is, is washed up and done after one season of sub, optimal performance. I, I don't think that's to be the case at all. Now, would I view this as being a net positive as moving on from Darius Slay, signing somebody who is, I wouldn't say on Slay's level, but definitely comparable in terms of their level of play, not their ability to create turnovers necessarily. But I do think that it would be a, I think it'd be as close to a net positive as you could get to this offseason if you're trying to replace Darius Slay. I think Drafting Jeff Okuda at three would not be enough on its own. Fair. I I think that's actually really good weighing of both sides of the argument there, because I do kind of like the idea of being able to cash in on Slay by getting a third round pick or whatever it is. Plus, you know, keeping a high level, you know, man, man to man corner and a guy like Byron Jones. But I do think Mm -hmm. from a talent level, it is definitely a little bit of a, if it is a, is a step down. And you're still cashing out that much money, which makes it weird that you're moving on from Slay. But I definitely get the appeal of it. And it, it, it's it's something that I'm open to, but not thrilled with necessarily. Am I yeah. missing something with Slay? Like, OK, he had a down year last year. But what, isn't, isn't the year before that, too, was kind of like I think it's all pro days. Isn't he like two or more years away from that? How was his 2018? Am I making that up or? I don't think it was necessarily as good as we've expected from Slay, but in my opinion, he's still playing at a pretty, pretty elite level. And I know last year was last year, but yeah, his PFF grade was 75.0 where the previous two years it was 80.6 and 80.4. So um, it's, it, there's definitely a, a potential downward trend there. And I'm not going to pretend like, you know, it's possible that Slay has peaked. It, it certainly is possible. And in fact, it's probably probable that he's peaked. Um, but I just don't think last year was necessarily, um, representative of where his talent level is at right now. That's fair. All right, let's go to your mid-level signings. All right, and I want to just address something for the guys on Twitch. I'm not at Walmart Supercenter in Warren, Michigan, <laughs> despite what this location screen thing is saying. I don't know why it's saying that, uh, especially, you know, as a as a union electrician, I think I'd get some slack if any of my brothers <laughs> saw me at Walmart. So I am not at Walmart. I'm not in Warren, Michigan. Just wanted to throw that out there. So I do have a few guys in the mid-level tier. Um, I'll mention all of them, and I won't explain each one, but maybe one or two I'll highlight. So this is the the Justin Coleman category, the Mike Daniels category. So you're looking at in that range of $10 million per year. You know, you can throw however many years you want. Some of these guys are older, so it'd be like a one-year deal. And a couple of them you would, you know, might want to lock down for a few. So I've got Kyle Van Noy. I've got Mm -hmm. uh, Joe, uh, is it Thune, Tiny? I don't know, whatever, the the guard from the Patriots. Uh, Gerald McCoy, probably not that, not quite in that $10 million range, more 
So in the six or seven million, and then Jason Peters. Now let's talk about Jason Peters first. He's old. He's 38 years old. But if you look at his PFF and you look at his production on the field, he has had no, uh, not not much of a drop off. I won't say no drop off. Um, we we know we we've lost Rick Wagner. I kind of like the idea of having Crosby still be you know that swing offensive lineman instead of him starting. And yeah, I also I like the idea of potentially drafting a guy. So if we sign a younger tackle, someone in their prime, we're probably not going to draft a guy as well. So you enter Jason Peters. He's 38. You give him that one year, and I don't know. He made, I believe it was uh, in the range of 10, uh, $8 million last year. You give him about $6 million and uh, you let him go ahead and, you know, he could be your starter for that year at right tackle. And Crosby can still uh, be a, a swing guy. And you still could draft a guy very early if you wanted to. And then a couple of those other guys are Patriots. It all makes sense. It adds up. You need a guard. So Thune would make sense. Kyle Van Noy. I know we've had some discussion on this on the podcast. Anything to get Christian Jones out of the starting lineup. <laughs> I don't know how many times we can, you know, say it was a mistake that we uh, extended him. It was a mistake. We can say it a million times. Uh, but not just getting Christian Jones out of the lineup. Linebacker is still a need to me. Yeah, we're bringing back all three starters, but it wasn't an effective unit. So, you know, you bring in a guy like Kyle Van Noy, you have the potential to turn a weakness into a strength if Tavai develops and, you know, you get production from Kyle Van Noy. And then the last guy I mentioned, uh, let's see, Gerald McCoy. McCoy. You know, we need some we need some defensive tackles. He had eight mm-hmm. sacks last year. He was pretty good against the run, according to PFF. Not that great against the pass, despite having good sack numbers, but we're going to have to bring in a couple of bodies at defensive tackle. And like I already said, I'm not too big on spending big money like for a DJ Reader or a Javon Hargrave. So uh, he's a name that comes to mind in that seven, eight million dollar range. The, the thing that's interesting about those mid-level signings that you proposed is it would immediately change the narrative about this team's offensive line. If they got Jason Peters and Joe Thune, <laughs> like what we're all freaking out about right now with with obviously the release of Rick Wagner and and what seems to be the impending loss of Graham Glasgow. If they were to get those two guys, there'd be a whole bunch of confidence in that unit going into 2020, I think. Now, I don't think it would come cheap. I think Thune could potentially be in that big spending range, um, depending on how, how big of a market there is for him. Um, Peters, I think you could probably get for nine, 10 million. Um, but, but yeah, even, even with the 38 year old in, in their right tackle, that would be, that would be a huge get for them. And, and like you said, it still opens a possibility of them getting a right tackle maybe in day two of the draft to, to, you know, spend a year behind Peters. I mean, who else better than one of the best right tackles in, in, in history. Um, but yeah, I, I, I find those kind of interesting signings. I, I think if the lines were to hit all of these signings right now that you've listed, like they'd, they'd probably be low, low on money, but they would have hit free agency out of the free out, out of the park so far. Yeah, and I, I don't think, you know, even when I'm doing this wish list, it's like a combination of guys, you know, right. maybe they'll get one one or two of the mid-levels and these bargain signings, maybe one. I don't think they'll get all these guys, but it, it's an option of names. And I like the point you mentioned there with Peters. And, uh, you know, guys like him, Andrew Whitworth is another guy I kind of thought about. You know, these guys are older, but they have been showing that, you know, guys that are a little bit longer than two can still get it done uh, at the tackle position. So, yeah, I, I, Peters is probably really high on my list uh, just because he's played at a high level for so long and doesn't seem to be falling off that much either. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he mostly plays left tackle too. So 
it would maybe give them a little bit leverage in the Decker situation, but um, that's kind of thinking a little too far ahead. Uh, let, let's go to your, your bargain bin guys. Who are the guys that you're looking that maybe the Lions sign in, in the second or third wave of free agency, or maybe they can get right off the bat at, at a bargain like they did with, uh, like you mentioned with, they did uh, like they did with uh, uh, not Edelman. Amendola. Amendola, thank you. A lot, a lot of people were mad about that signing, but as we saw, it, it panned out pretty good. So I've got a few guys, and these positions are some of them are redundant because, like I said, I'm not expecting this to be the list of all the guys they signed. Just kind of sure. throwing some options out there at different yeah, prices. Yeah. So you got Andrew Billings, uh, defensive tackle, Jamie Collins, linebacker, Danny Shelton, defensive tackle, uh, Marcel Darius, defensive tackle, and Randall Cobb. So uh, let's start for, with Randall Cobb. Right now we've got three you know, receivers under contract. I would feel comfortable if we came into the season with four guys we knew you know, had a good shot at making the roster, and then you still have the draft. And, you know, I would be okay if we you know, rostered five receivers. So Cobb is a guy that you know, he, he had some good flashes with Dallas last year. He'll come at a decent price. You know, he has special teams ability, so I like a guy like that. I've always liked Andrew Billings. He played at Baylor. He was someone that, you know, when he was in the draft, he was a guy I really wanted the Lions to pick up. He hasn't set the world on fire at the NFL level, uh, but he still has some decent youth. Uh, and, you know, again, a bargain guy, you're going to get someone that hasn't set the world on fire, maybe has had an injury history. I mean, there's something to this person or age, but you're hoping it pans out. Uh, Danny Shelton has a connection with the Patriots as well as Jamie Collins. And then Marcel Darius, who, you know, he was a big name for quite some time, uh, but more of a depth guy. So this is a few of those names. And then a, a last two I want to throw out there. And I thought these guys were a lot older than what they were. It's like they've been in the league for 10 years, but it's uh, Jordan Howard and Malik Collins. Both are only 25. I'm not completely comfortable with the running back situation. I don't think uh, that Carrion Johnson can stay healthy. I do think we have to address it somehow. I don't want it to be an early draft pick. So a guy like Jordan Howard, to me, is perfect. You have him as insurance, you have him as a change of pace guy, and he still has uh, some decent youth, and you don't have to spend an early pick on running back. And then Malik Collins, again, only 25, you know, had a really hot start there in Denver, and uh, not so good the last few years, uh, but once again, at that young of an age, and he has shown promise in the league, maybe we can bring him in here and turn it around. All right, let's uh, let's do a quick review of your your list here uh, for the people here watching live on our Twitch channel. I have a, I wrote down everything you you listed here. Uh, so you got in terms of big spending targets, you're looking just at Byron Jones. That's that's, that's one, the baby. one you want. That's the guy you're looking for. That's the guy that you hoping you're here at, at like one p.m. tomorrow. On, as soon as on I Sunday, saw that on Monday. As soon as I saw that broad jump from him years ago, and it was like, I don't know, <laughs> it felt like it was 14 feet. I've I've had an, uh, an affection for him, and so it's time to bring him home. And then in terms of your mid-level signings, you're looking at guys like Kyle Van Noy, Joe Thune, Gerald McCoy, Jason Peters, a really big focus there on maybe offensive line targets that you can get for maybe the 8 to 10 million range. And then in terms of your bargain bin guys, Looking more, it looks like on the on the defensive side, defensive line, Andrew Billings, Marcel Darius, Danny Shelton, Jamie Collins, and then a couple offensive weapons in Randall Cobb, Jordan Howard, and Malik Collins. I think that's a pretty interesting list. That there, there's going to be a little bit overlap with my list on with some of these, but um, I would say if the Lions could bat like 600 on your list, I'd be pretty happy. 
Yeah, I, I tried to. It was a combination of guys I wanted, and obviously, you know, the New England connection. It is what it is. You know, yeah. that's what they do, and I don't have an issue with it as long as a guy is good. So I try to do a combination of, you know, scheme fit guys they might target, mm-hmm. guys they're familiar with, and a little bit of realism because we're going to have the genie mode coming up, and that might open up a few few fantasies, if you will. <laughs> All right, Ryan, is it you or me? Let's go next. Uh, why don't you go ahead and go? And then I can basically just wrap this up by saying, yeah, a lot of the same guys on my list. (laughs) Fair enough. All right. So I did mine a little bit differently. Mine, I split into signings and re-signings. And so I do think the Lions have a fair amount of guys that they should be re-signing. Obviously we've already seen a couple get done in, in Amendola and, uh, but I think there's some more guys on the list. So let's start there. I think, and I mentioned this, I think on last week's podcast, I think the line's priority when it comes to re-signing guys needs to be Tavon Wilson. Um, we just saw Devin McCourty off the market, staying in new England. I think Tavon Wilson played well enough in the last year that he deserves uh, not only to come back, but a little bit of a pay bump. His last contract was two years, 7 million. I say, give him a one year, four and a half million deal. Um, that might sound a lot considering the line spent two first, two second round picks on the safety position in the past two years. But Tavon Wilson has a leadership role with this team. He's a veteran who can teach those two young guys. Um, I think he's an invaluable piece to the future of this, uh, the future of this defense in terms of just being that mentor. And I think he's an important guy to bring back. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. I I think Tavon Wilson is going to be a huge piece of this, this off season, especially with, as you meant, um, I don't know. Did you mention the Devin McCourty resigning yep. with the yep. Patriots? So mm-hmm. I think that that's one player off the table. And then I think if you just look at Tavon Wilson, as you mentioned, just one of the more sound players on defense, probably had maybe one of the best seasons, if not the best season of his career in Detroit last season. I think that's just another, and this might be a running theme with some of your resignings, but the lions can't afford more holes. I think yeah. that they already yep. have enough holes as is to address in free, you know, in free agency starting, starting tomorrow. And then also in the draft, I don't think you can add any more to that list. And, and Tavon Wilson would be a really, a really good re-signing for the Lions. And I also don't want to like, I, I know I was talking about his leadership and mentorship. I don't want to downplay his role in the field. Like he would still have a role on the team as I mean, we know how often the lines like to go three safeties and he's a good box safety that can play a little coverage on tight ends, but is mostly better in, in run support than, than the other guys that they got, or at least better served as a run defender than um, obviously anyone like Tracy Walker is probably good at it, but you don't really want him doing that. So I think he's a no brainer resigning. Um, I'm also taking a little bit of risk here and I'm saying, let's bring back Mike Daniels, but let's do it on a little bit of a, a more cheap contract. You're obviously going to mm-hmm. want to fill it with um with some incentives i said one year three million he i think he got paid eight million last year um i'm not going to go into the details of how i would format that but the line again the lines need to do a little bit of damage control here in terms of all the players that they're going to be losing on on defense especially defensive tackle and um i do think mike daniels is a very talented player i do think with a full season to kind of recover from his injuries that he could potentially come back and and provide a valuable role for this team because that's where they were hurting last year is pass rush up the middle and that's why mike daniels appeared to be a really smart signing at the time um if if the lions can somehow make it work if if mike daniels can somehow get it together he wants to be here 
And I have to imagine the Lions want a guy of his caliber if they can rely on him on the team. And so you, you give him an incentive laden deal. You, you make it um, so that it's not going to hurt if he, he goes through another season of injuries. And then you also cover your ass by, by signing some other guys who I'll talk about in a little bit. I like that one too, Jeremy, because it means we probably don't bring back Ashawn Robinson. I just think Ashawn just to me is just not impactful. You know, yeah. I, I hate to say it because you know I don't know if he knows anyone that listens, and he's a scary looking guy. But he, <laughs> he he's been like a big nothing to me, man. To be honest, out there on the field, uh, yeah. not much impact. Um, and you know, Daniels, like you say, he's going to come a lot cheaper. Uh, Ashawn, even though he hasn't done much, he's going to probably at least command, you know, five, six million over two, three years. And it's just not worth it. So, yeah, those two guys you mentioned, Tavon and Mike Daniels, when I was looking at guys to bring back to the Lions, they were at the top of my list as well. All right, I'm going to run through these last three real quick because they're they're on kind of smaller contracts. They're they're more about depth roles than anything else. Um, Logan Thomas, I think, played well enough that you can give him a two year, $3 million deal and that's fair for him. And it's nice and cheap for you for a T three. Um, he played well enough. The Lions need a third tight end. Why not just bring him back? Keep it easy. They, they need a second tight end too. So <laughs> we'll see. Oh. We'll see about Jesse James. We're not, we're not giving up on Jesse James quite yet. Um, okay. I'm bringing back Jeff Driscoll on a one year, 1.5 million deal. Um, I think they paid him just under 900,000 or just under a million last year. So give him a little bit of pay raise. I do like the versatility that he brings um, kind of dual threat quarterback. I do think Daryl Bevel's a, a good fit for that. Um, and we saw him play pretty well in the, in the two games that he did or the three games that he did play. So bring him back, have a, a nice little camp competition, see how that goes. And then this is probably the most unpopular one, but this is kind of a projection more so than it is a, an ideal scenario, but Kenny Wiggins one year, $2 million deal. Lines need some depth. They need some options at guard so that they aren't desperate to grab one in the draft. I don't think I don't see them shelling out big on guard. I know people are, are speculating that the Rick Wagner release was to to get big money to either repay Glam, Graham Glasgow or get a guy like Joe Thune in free agency. I don't see it happening. I think they're going to go cheap. So you bring back Kenny Wiggins. You have at least a guy who could start. And then you think about doing uh, an upgrade in the draft on day two. Not a lot of options at guard in free agency either. So unless you bring back Graham, like you said, which isn't likely, you got Thune, and there isn't a lot of guys. So yeah, Wiggins yeah. or Boucher. I think Abouche is a free agent. One of those two guys yeah. are probably going to come yeah. back. Yeah, one, yeah. one of the two. And I think they like Wiggins more. the The biggest question with Wiggins though is that he's coming off surgery. Um, so you have to wonder when he's going to be be ready and uh, if he's going to be ready at his age. All right, yeah. let's get into the 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 meat of this. I'm I'm of course just going to start off with DJ Reader. I have to. Oh wait, I'm, hand, I'm handing him a four year, forty eight million dollar deal. I'm shocked. Year. Um, if you didn't see it, I did a film review of of him earlier in the week. Um, I actually came away a little bit less impressed than than I thought I was going to. I think his pass rushing abilities are a little bit overplayed. Mm-hmm. Um, he he mostly came off the field on third down, so. It's not like the Texans viewed him as a big pass rushing threat, but in terms of what this team needs, in terms of what this team values, DJ Reader is that guy. He is one of the best run defenders in the league. I'm confident in saying that. Having watched him go up against one of the best guards in the league in Quentin Nelson twice last year and hold his own, I came away very impressed with his run defending. And I know you love Quentin Nelson, Ryan, 
and you won't mm. have me talking trash about him, but DJ no, no, Reader no. held his own. He did. Yeah. DJ Stanford, Jeremy. I mean, you've talked about him for the last eight podcasts. I, I mean, <laughs> I like him too, but just wonder. All right. Yeah, I'll move on. Um, this isn't a position that I necessarily see the lines upgrading, but it's one where I think we all agree that they should. And that's a linebacker position. And I believe Jerry mentioned him in his, in the bargain bin, Jamie Collins, two year, $8 million deal is what I'm hoping the Lions sign him to. Um, again, um, the, the point that I like to bring up a lot is that last year, Matt Patricia said something that I, that really stuck out to me is that he's seen, especially when a team is, is transferring to a new defensive scheme. He's seen the value of a, a veteran linebacker being able to teach, being able to, to mentor a young group of linebackers. And that's what the Lions have. They have a younger group of linebackers. They have a guy in Jared Davis who still, you know, has issues diagnosing plays. They have a second round pick in Jelani Tavai. I think a guy like Jamie Collins would do wonders. Now there's always been questions about whether he's bought in or whether he's had issues with Matt Patricia or the Patriots, but he spent last year with the Patriots. He seems to have gotten his head right. I think he can be a, a, a big value to this team and, and should be. Collins was a beast. Uh, especially I think it was the beginning of the year for new England all yeah. over the field, you know, rushing the quarterback, you know, yeah, I'd be happy if we brought him in for a, a, a deal like that, Jeremy. Um, sticking with the Patriots, we're doubling down on defensive tackle and free agency. We're going da- Danny Shelton, three year, $15 million deal. Um, so a little bit more of a bargain, uh, than <laughs> DJ reader, but he, he also ha- kind of has the versatility to play nose or the, the one to three tech. And that's something the Lions value a lot too. another pretty good run defender who has a little bit, I would say he has more pass rushing abilities than DJ reader, honestly. So he can kind of be, if DJ reader is going to be your nose, which he may or may not fit. Um, I think Danny Shelton can be the A. Sean Robinson to him, to to his, you know, uh, snacks, essentially. Um, so I think that's a good combo. Um, I'm going to move quickly through here. Um, I also agree with Jerry on, on Jordan Howard. I have him on a two-year, $6 million deal. I do think the Lions need to spend some resources on running back, just as a backup case. Um, I don't think Bo Scarborough is, is like a done deal. I don't think six games or whatever it was in, in 2019 is enough to, to pencil them as, at, at number two. They need to bring in some competition. Jordan Howard's a guy with a lot of talent. He's young, as Jerry mentioned, and I think he could come fairly cheap. And then finally, we need to address the cornerback position. Um, Byron Jones. Gonna happen. <laughs> nope, not Byron Jones. I'm sorry. I'm not going to... We're not going to not play Slay and then pay someone else $16 million. I don't think that makes sense. But they are going to get a guy that their new defensive coordinator is quite familiar with. A guy that played, I would say, better than Byron Jones when he was healthy. But he's dealt with injuries for the last couple of years, which means he'll probably come a little cheap. But he's also still pretty young. Ronald Darby, a two-year $9 million deal. Bring him in. Hopefully it works out. You also probably draft a cornerback, whether it's with the first pick or, or later in the draft so that you have options in case he goes down. But I think Ronald Darby is, is a premier talent. He just needs to get healthy and whether or not that happens, I don't know. You have to take some risks and this is a risk I think we're taking, especially since he's one going to be reunited then with your defensive coordinator who probably believes a lot in him and the fact that he can probably come cheap coming off of, I think three straight years with injuries. Um, is is appealing to me. Yeah, I view that as being an interesting signing just because of the connection to Corey Unlin. Yeah. And 
And I, I think, I think that, I think that connects the dots for that, for that signing. All right. And so a quick recap of my picks here. Um, re-signing, we're going Tavon Wilson to a one-year, four-and-a-half-million-dollar deal. Mike Daniels, one-year, three-million-dollar deal. Logan Thomas, two years, three-million. Jeff Driscoll, one-year, one-and-a-half-million. Kenny Wiggins, one-year, two-million. And then free agent Bonanza, we go DJ Reader, Jamie Collins, Jordan Howard, Danny Shelton, Ronald Darby. And I admit this does leave the lines a little bit weak at some positions. I did not really address the offensive line, tackle nor guard. The only thing I did was Kenny Wiggins. That's going to be a major target in the draft. Um, cornerback could also be an issue. If, if Ronald Darby isn't healthy and the Lions do whatever they do with Darius Slay, that could leave them quite handicapped there. Um, again, cornerback very much in play with that first pick in the draft. And then edge. I didn't even address the edge at all. I don't think it's that big of a position of need, but they could always use an upgrade there. Maybe oh. Chase Young. So, sounds like the typical Detroit Lions front office. <laughs> All right, we're running, up, we're, we're running up against it, Ryan. Do you have a quick list or do you want to just kind of throw together your, your overall opinions on, on what just, just transpired? Let, let me throw my quick list from a perspective of here are some names that I think could serve in similar capacities to the signings that you guys had, but just some other names to be, to be in the loop on. I think that if Detroit wants to go to the tackle market, I think that they could pay big for Jack Conklin. Yep, I think after I, I think after Tennessee signed Ryan Tannehill to this mega contract to hand the football off to a running back, <laughs> I think that they I think I, I don't know if they're gonna have the money in their budget to to open up the bank, especially after signing Taylor Lewan to an extension. I don't know if they're going to sure. also have the money to sign Jack Conklin. And if Jack Conklin's gonna be a free agent, I think that he's a shoe-in to be the type of signing that Bob Quinn would make, a la Rick Wagner. And I know that's filling one I know it's filling one need with I mean, Jack Conklin's gonna probably make something to the tune of fourteen or fifteen million dollars a year at least. Because yeah. he's gonna be the top tackle on the market. So you're releasing Rick Wagner to fill a need with a, albeit younger and probably better player. I think, I think Conklin probably suits the needs for this Detroit lions team more so than Rick Wagner, I think as a, as a run grader, as a, as a run blocker. So um, Jack Conklin is a name that I think if the lions go big in free agency, I think that they sign, they sign a tackle and spend a lot of money at that position. Whereas and the interior of the offensive line, Jeremy, I don't really have a problem with your plan or the way that the lions will probably end up approaching things is to go cheap, to go with, uh, to go with potentially a, you know, a plug and play player that isn't going to blow your socks off. Isn't going to be necessarily a, a great player, but it's just going to be somebody who can fill in. Um, so like Kenny Wiggins fits that mold. I, I don't see them spending big money on Joe Thunny. I don't see them re-signing Graham Glasgow. I think releasing Rick Wagner did a couple things and, and we'll talk about that when we get to the genie segment in, in, in segment two. But the one last thing I do want to say, I really do like the idea of re-signing Mike Daniels, even mm -hmm. with the, even with the limited production that he had last season for two reasons. One, he dealt with injury and two, Bob Quinn always takes a risk on some defensive lineman in free agency, whether or not it's Sylvester Williams or it's Akeem Spence or it's and I, Akeem Spence was a trade, but um, even uh, Cornwash. Yeah, Bob Quinn takes a lot of risks on players in free agency where he signs them to one-year prove-it deals, 
I can't think of a better player to fit that mold than Mike Daniels, somebody who's a couple <laughs> seasons removed from being a, you know, a really good player. Sure. Why not? Why not take a chance on him? So, but yeah, I, I think both your off season plans are way too optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like we were all just slamming for Trey flowers last year. And they actually went out and did it. It happened, right? It actually happened. And so we know Bob Quinn is not shy when it comes to free agency. So by the time you're listening, maybe he's already spent a lot of money. Hopefully, again, you're, you're listening to this before noon on, on Monday. But if not, maybe you're comparing our list to what actually happened. And maybe I'm a genius. We'll see. But when we come back, we are going to play the genie game. We are going to do ideal scenarios. Maybe not necessarily what happens, but what we'd love to happen the lines this offseason not just necessarily free agency everything together so stay tuned we'll be right back with our genie segment Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we are back with the POD cast mega major free agency preview blowout. We just <laughs> went over our, our, our blueprint of what we would do if we were general manager now it's time to play pie in the sky fantasies ryan you've got a game for us i'm gonna let you take over what's up next what are we doing all right so i am your invisible spirit i am the genie who can grant you three wishes this off season whether or not you want to make it free agency related I prefer that just because of dollars and what we're trying to do here on the podcast. But if you want to talk about the draft, let's just talk about things that affect the Detroit Lions this offseason. You have three wishes. I am your adequate genie. So don't make these like (laughs) too impossible because I'll tell you straight up if I can't make that happen. (laughs) So let's come up with three wishes. If you could have three things happen for the Detroit Lions this offseason and three things only. What would those three things be? You're you're not gonna like monkeys pause too. Like if I say like I I want Darius Slay to be a Detroit Lion in in twenty in twenty twenty, you're not gonna be like okay he is, but he gets traded in week one. Like that's that's not gonna <laughs> yeah. happen, right? Yeah, no, I'm I'm not going to monkey paw you. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right, do we let let's go like 
each our number one wish and, and go back and forth. Jerry, do you want to go first or am I going first? Uh, yeah, I'll go. Okay. okay. Jerry, just, I need you to rub right here and I will, uh, I will, I will grant you your wish. Now, what are we talking about? Are you like Will Smith, Aladdin, Robin Williams? Are you like that uh, video game looking thing from Tom Hanks Big? Or are you more like the Christina Aguilera? Oh, in a bottle. Just- hey, you just have to rub me the right way, Jerry, and then you'll find out. But I think that uh, I, I, okay, cool, okay. I'm with you. I, I right. think I think I'm more along the lines of a Kazam. Kazam, very nice, very nice little skill in there. I want it to rain candy. <laughs> All right, I've rubbed Ryan, and uh, I think he's receiving it well. He's got a smile on his face. I think I'm getting my first wish, and uh, it's oh man, Chase Young, the Detroit Lion. Chase Young, Chase Young is a Detroit Lion. Come on, immediate impact uh, for this season, impact for the next you know five years or so. Addresses a huge need, probably the best player in the draft, one of the best defensive linemen. And I'm also scared that because, you know, Matt Patricia doesn't value edge rushers or, uh, you know, uh, pass rush, I should say, that he could potentially be there at three and they don't draft him. So I've got to kind of step in. I got to rub Ryan and make this happen myself. I have to force the issue, force him on the Detroit Lions. Chase Young is a Detroit Lion. All right. Boom. I can make that happen for you because I don't think that's too out of the realm of possibility for things to happen this off season. I think that there's the potential that chase young could be there at three. And I think that him with the Detroit lions would be a huge get. What do you think, Jeremy? No question. Um, my, my draft wish is going to be a little different. I might jump into it right here, but, um, I certainly would be excited if that, if, if things were to play out that way, I'd be very excited because uh, we, we mentioned it last week about the, the 49ers parallel and how bad their defense was in, in 2018. And then they go out and get a Bosa because their quarterback got injured that year and turned things around. And so if the Lions were, were to do that, um, add a couple free agents on the defensive line as well, um, I think we could see a major turnaround on their defense. No question. Yeah. All right. Jeremy. Jerry gave me a pretty good rub. So let's see what you got. Um, well, you know, I, I'm not really sure there's supposed to be any physical contact. So um, can I, can my aura just rub you? Can I just like for send the sake, my tea your way? For the sake of social distancing, yes. I'll allow okay. it. All right. Well, let's say I'm doing that. Hey, what color is your aura? It's only one right answer to this one. What color is your aura? <laughs> Obviously Honolulu blue. Oh, it's got to be orange, man. Rick James, Chappelle. I'm not right, Rick okay, James. No. I'm not Rick James. As much as I want to be. Only acceptable color for aura is orange. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my, I'm going to keep it with the draft. My, my first wish is that the lines trade down. I don't care how far down. I don't care what kind of deal they get. When you're, when you have a, a draft pick this valuable and quarterback hungry teams right beneath you. I think it's an opportunity to steal a lot of value. I think this is a chance for the Lions to get a bunch of top 60 picks. And that's what this team needs. We just went over a free agency list that was endlessly long. We were talking about trying to fill every single need in free agency. It's not going to be easy. The Lions need players. They need young ones. They need guys on rookie deals. So I want this team to trade down more than anything else this offseason. I'm sorry. You shouldn't have trusted the genie because I'm definitely monkey pawing you right now. <laughs> the Lions trade back. They get they trade back to seven. 
and they draft an offensive tackle. <laughs> well, I'm a little more open to it now. Mm-hmm. I figured you would be, but I think that this is maybe Bob Quinn's way. Releasing Rick Wagner, I think, was an opportunity for Bob Quinn to say, we need a tackle, and there's an awful lot of tackles in the draft, and I can take another high-floor, low-ceiling player <laughs> because it addresses a need. Yeah. But maybe it's all smokescreen. Maybe they just re-sign Rick Wagner to a cheap okay. deal now. I'm a genie. <laughs> I am like the authority on smoke and screens. So like I'm telling you right now, that's not happening. <laughs> um, I am going to pass the ball back to Jerry because I like the way that he was rubbing me earlier. So I want to hear a second wish. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, my second one, it ties into free agency, and I already talked about it. It's Byron Jones, man. I'm really on this Byron Jones train. Um, I want him as a Detroit Lion. Uh, I've given my reasons why I like the idea of him plus the the draft capital of Darius Slay. And, you know, I feel like from, you know, if I'm prognosticating how these guys are going to be, I like – Byron Jones' trajectory over the next few years. I'm, I'm just – I don't know what Slay, man. And I know he faced some tough receivers, but, you know, the Keenan Allen game and, you know, Devontae Adams, obviously. These guys make most cornerbacks look bad, but I'm just kind of falling out of that love with Darius Slay. So give me Byron Jones. I know it's going to cost some money. So, you know, I'm willing to pay him that $16, 17000000 million and uh, go from there. So that's my second wish, Byron Jones. Yeah, that's what, a pretty realistic wish. I, I, I'm, boom. I grant Jerry his second wish because Byron Jones, I think, not only addresses what could become a huge need. I think it solidifies that spot for Detroit for at least the next few years, and I think that's what's just prominent across this roster from top to bottom is a lack of depth and how one injury can really just unpin an entire position. And I think that going out, getting Byron Jones, I don't think that's enough. I think the Lions have to follow that up with, you know, attacking it in the draft and getting at least a corner, maybe even two with their picks. But um, yeah, that's a, it's a nice wish, Jerry. It's a nice wish. I like it, buddy. All right. I'm going to kind of keep the theme here and kind of go in the other direction of, of Jerry with my wish at the same kind of issue here. My wish is that Darius Slay plays for the Detroit Lions in 2020. And I'm not going to specify. And again, I'm opening myself up to a monkey's paw situation here. I'm not going to specify that they, they sign him to extension. If they do great. If they don't, I'm okay with him playing out his final year in Detroit. Um, the, the new CBA has some rules that may, that stiffen up uh, against holding out. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense for Darius Slay to hold out anymore because of some of the new rules. Um, so maybe the lines have a little bit more leverage there, but if you sit, if you, if you play him this year, there's a chance you get just about the same kind of draft compensation with a, with a compensatory pick next year um, that you would get now, because we saw AJ Bouye get traded for a fourth was fourth or fifth rounder. Uh, I'm not fourth. sure. It was the fourth. fourth rounder, fourth rounder. And we right. just saw Calais Campbell get traded for a fifth round pick. Right. So the market is low. I think if the Lions trade Darius Slay right now, the most they get is a third. And I don't think they're probably willing to do that. So um, I don't think it's worth it to trade him. Um, and so I think the, the easiest way to solve the Lions cornerback problem right now is to keep what they have. 
obviously they're still going to need some help there. And that's why I threw out Ronald Darby in, in the free agency segment. Um, but draft is a, an opportunity. Amani Oruari is an opportunity. If they want to, you know, bring back Rashawn Melvin, I wouldn't be completely against it. They weren't, he wasn't that bad of an option. He was certainly better than Nevin Lawson. So I just think that the easiest solution to all of this is just stick with Darius Slay for at least one more year and, and ride it out and then kind of assess after that. Mm, that's so close to being an impossible wish to grant. I just, <laughs> I don't see it being possible for Darius Slay to play in Detroit under the current situation he's in without a contract extension, but I'll do my best. You're a genie. Uh, Come on. I told you I'm adequate as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You were definitely not the Robin Williams genie (laughs) or, or the Will Smith for that matter. Hold on. I think I'm definitely the Robin Williams genie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You might be the right one. (laughs) You're definitely not the Will Smith one though. All right, Jerry, wish number three. Be careful. My juices are running low. That's it. I got, I got the, I got the power, man. Uh, I got the power. We did draft. We did free agency. Let's do a little in-house business. Uh, About a year ago, last year, we did some rankings, some prognostications. And there are a couple guys on my receivers list that you all weren't too keen on. One being Mike (laughs) Evans. Yes, I do remember. You know, I got laughed if he was, you know, maybe he wasn't number two like I had him, but he was probably top five. But there was another guy that was also on that list that, you know, a few little snarky comments and remarks and laughs, if you will, was one, Kenneth Galladay. And I said he would be a top ten receiver. And in my estimation, you know, I could be a little biased. I think he was a top ten receiver last year. Big fan of Kenny Galladay. You can go to my Twitter. You can look at the second he was drafted and the fact that I said, I like this guy. Because I randomly watched a uh, Northern Illinois game against Ohio State, and he looked good. And he has done nothing at this moment from then until now to show me anything else that he should be in my life for another three to four years. So, Mr. Kenneth Galladay, the sax man himself, stop playing games with this guy. You know, we, we're letting a good guy like Graham Glasgow walk. You drafted him. It's one of the later draft picks that panned out. Kenny Galladay gets his, his money. He gets paid. Uh, we extend Kenny Galladay. And, you know, we got this guy in house for another four or so years. Come on, Jeannie. Give it to me. Let's go. I'm, I'm blinking my eyes and I'm making it happen. Oh, yes. it's, like, it's like Bewitched, but way less cool. <laughs> wiggle your nose. I don't think I can no. wiggle my nose. Why are we making Bewitched references like we're 50 years old? No one listening to this podcast knows what Bewitched is. <laughs> well, I just want to make sure that you I'm and Jerry feel you comfortable. Knew. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Left myself open to that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, is it okay? <laughs> Go ahead, Jerry. No, just I just said supermarket sweep. That's all. I just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, can, I, can I rub goose for this one? Can I give him a little belly rub for this one? I'll do a little belly rub by proxy, but yeah, I'm rubbing it. <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> I need DJ Reader. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, it's on brand. I need DJ Reader. Give me DJ Reader. <laughs> it's so selfish of you. I mean, I, I can't justify it I, after I've been doing it for the past month. You know, I know why you, I won. I know, but I want you to do one thing right now. In order for this wish to be granted, I want you to, I want you to tell me in less than three sentences, 
why DJ Reader is the player for the Detroit Lions in 2020 free agency. He is the best run defender on the market. One. He comes from a system that will be an easy transition for him to play in Detroit. Two. I'm going to give you a, a third sentence. Didn't you say three? The first? I said less than three. Oh. <laughs> ah, you tricky genies with your your rules that are vague and your um, words, but your, your first words. two were so, your, your first two sentences are so good. I want a third one. Uh, he's young and will not threaten retirement and then force his release. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've been down that road. We've been down yeah. that road. Yeah. Might be it for me guys. I don't know. I had a tough season. <laughs> Not me, I don't know. Your crocodile tears. Just kidding, snacks. Just kidding. Please don't at me on Twitter. You will destroy me. I'm surprised that Jeremy didn't spend one of his wishes on making Jesse James into a competent tight end, too. Well, I know you couldn't grant that. (laughs) Okay. It's it's, It's looking more and more like maybe one of the worst signings, if not the worst signing Bob Quinn has made. We'll see. We'll see. It's early, early in the game, but it's the end of this game. There you which go. Which we called Game Genie. <laughs> when we come back, it's mailbag time. We're going to answer all your free agency related questions and whatever else you guys are wondering about. So stick around. We'll be right back. Hashtag ask POD for all of your queries that we will then answer. You can send them anytime, um, but usually during the weekend is when we see them the most. Um, give us questions about anything. Doesn't have to be lines related. We like silly stuff. But let's start out with a non-silly one. Oh, this is a really good one. At Nerd with Kids ask, which DT that's a soon-to-be free agent would be the best fit? <laughs> Guess what my answer is, guys. <laughs> hmm. uh, does it start with a DJ and end with a reader? Yeah, it does. Oh, shocking. Although I, w- I will say I would be almost as happy with Marcel Darius, who who Jerry mentioned at the beginning, because I do think he's, I mean, he's not on level with that sort of talent, but he'll come cheaper. So it's like, if if the market goes crazy on DJ reader, and it very well could, Marcel Darius would be a nice consolation prize. What about what about Javon Hargrave? Do you have any particular feelings about him? Like I think not, that he might he might not be as expensive as DJ Reader, but he's yeah. more of the typical run stuffer. Sure. I, I wouldn't be against it. I I guess for me it's just I'm not that sure of the fit because he's coming from the Steelers. Um yeah. I mean he's a nose tackle, so um but he's only is that right? He's only three hundred and five pounds. A little bit on the smaller side. A little bit on the smaller side. 
I yeah. think it's just it's good that it is kind of a loaded defensive tackle free agent class. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. And that's and that's a big need of ours. So I'd be surprised if we don't walk away with someone. It's different tiers. You got you got your readers and your hargraves and uh you know, you can move on down. You got McCoys and Billings and you know, we mentioned a bunch of guys. We're gonna walk away with a guy or two. So I think yeah. that's the best part of it. When your need fits it, you know, it's kind of a loaded class. Right. And the Lions really have needed like all of the kinds of defensive tackle. They need a pass rusher. They need a run stopper. They need a guy that can probably do both because they're losing potentially three guys. And so, you know, there are a lot of guys that fit and there, there aren't that many that don't fit because they have so many needs. Cram is asking the, Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but Cram asked who who was the Ravens nose tackle. I believe that's Michael Pierce. You're thinking about Mr. Cram. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's another option too. It's a lot. It's a lot of guys available. Oh, there's a lot of guys. There's Shelby Harris. There's, um, we mentioned Danny Shelton earlier. There's Duran Reed. There's, mm-hmm. yeah, there, there's tons of guys. Gerald McCoy, if you want to try to go maybe like the, like a, you know, a veteran route. I think you mentioned hey, it earlier, Jerry. Oh, you beat me to it, Jerry. <laughs> Sue. How many people would welcome him back? How many people would. would be excited? I would welcome him back. I think a lot of, I think a lot of Lions fans would be excited if he came back. Just so they could pull out their jerseys. It's always nice to, you know, be able to actually wear those things to games. <laughs> I don't. It would be fun just in kind of the circus kind of way, but I'm. I don't think I would actually be that excited to have him back on the team. Like I don't think he's going to provide that much at this point in his career or in the line system. I mean, his run defense, uh, which really early in his career was kind of, you know, wasn't the best because he was like a man that always over pursued. His run defense right. over the last few years have really, uh, you know, became good. The Buccaneers are one of the best teams stopping the run. I know Vita Vey or V or whatever was with them, mm-hmm. which helped. But uh, yeah, Sue, although, you know, he's not getting after the quarterback as good as he used to. His run defense, I think, is better now than possibly it was when we had him, you know, five or so years ago. All right, next question. We're going to talk a little bit about the CBA since it got approved Sunday morning. Some big changes are coming. They're going to have a 17th game eventually. It'll happen as early as 2021. So Jones 164 asks, if you were able to decide, how would you do the 17th game in terms of home away? What kind of opponent would it be? Um, there are a lot of questions that, that we don't have any sort of answers to yet. So do either of you guys have like a good idea of of which teams get the extra home week, home game. Obviously it'll probably rotate every year, but, um, and, and then in terms of that 17th opponents, it's kind of weird having an odd amount of games. Um, do you, do you have any interesting suggestions on how the line, how the NFL schedules with that extra game? Yeah. Well, one thing, one thing that uh, kind of crossed my mind, you know, they, a lot of the scheduling already is based on the previous year's record. You, know, right. you play those out of conference games and, you know, you, you match up the third place team plays the third place team and all that, you know. So if you're going to do 17 games and it can't be neutral site yet until probably like 2026, I think neutral right. site would be probably the best answer. You know, they're very big on trying to expand the market so you can hit up, you know, some places in Canada. You can have a game in Montreal, a game in Toronto. You can go down to Mexico and obviously London. But until they're able to do, because I think they can, only, they can only do 10 international games, yep, until they until, can increase that. Right. You know, in the meantime, uh, just, I would do, so this year, um, 
Is this year going to be 17 games? No, not yet. It, so, at the earliest they said is 2021. Okay, cool. So you, whatever the record works out, the bottom two teams get the ninth home game. Uh, you know, teams are placed third and fourth in the division. Mm-hmm. The teams that place first and second, they only get eight. I mean, it kind of sucks, but, you know, they do kind of do the record that way to where the more successful teams, you know, they play other successful teams to kind of even things out. So I guess that would be fair. That, that's an interesting. So theoretically, there could be a team that gets nine home games every year if they continue to suck. Yeah. I kind of yeah. like that, actually. Yep. Ryan, do you have any ideas about how to schedule? With 17 games, I hate it. I hate it so much. I just don't even like it, so I haven't even thought about fixing it because it's not my problem. Good luck, NFL, for coming up with a viable, workable solution. <laughs> I think my favorite solution that I heard from, I think it was one of one of the POD staff, I can't remember, it's that you essentially lock the interconference division that you play. So the AFC North always plays the NFC North. And you throw that extra game as you play one of those teams again. The, you oh, do it the same way you, you schedule um, a third place team against a third place team. This way, you develop another set of rivals. And if they're if if you correspond to the division north and north, they're probably going to be close. So, in the case of the Lions, you're talking Cincinnati, uh, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and who am I forgetting? Baltimore. Baltimore. Baltimore, that'd yeah, that be would fun, be that that'd be a fun set of teams to play every year, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that that's great. So maybe that's something they consider. I would like having a a different set of teams that you could. I mean, the 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 one downside to that is that you would suddenly not play a lot of teams, like ever. Like you would never play the AFC South. You would never play the AFC West. Like you'd have to figure out a way to rotate those teams in. Cause I think a lot of fans get excited, like Lions fans in Oakland. If, if the Lions never went to, well, sorry, Las Vegas. Uh, if the Lions never went to Las Vegas, fans in Las Vegas would be pretty bummed about it. So there'd, there'd have to be a way to fix that. But uh, I do like this, the thought of setting up a, a second set of, of division rivals. Tate. That'd be sweet. Somebody, you, you could still play those other teams though, because you got what every year you play four from uh, AFC. So instead of rotating with the four divisions, you just rotate the three, the South, the West, the East. And then you have the one game against a fellow North that rotates. I don't know yeah. if that makes any sense. So you still could play those other teams. Sure. And, they, and, and you will rotate it actually more often. So instead of seeing like Oakland, for instance, every uh, four years, you see them every three years and then every six years and you're, you know, and the respect yeah. uh, arena. So that might work, man. Okay. You know what? I like that. We're going to go with that. NFL right, committee. Hit. <laughs> Ryan, make it true. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off the clock. Uh, all right. Uh, Tyler Bostador at Ganorf Fagorf <laughs> on Twitter uh, asks, what do you think the chances are that the Lions use the money they save from cutting Rick Wagner and use it towards signing Graham Glasgow? Is anyone buying that? Zero, unfortunately. Brian? Yeah, I don't see it as being a way that the Lions are going to make that. If that was a if that was a priority for the Lions re-signing Graham Glasgow, I think that would have been taken care of a lot earlier. Yeah. They, they at least would have let him know that they're interested in re-signing him if 
if they were to make such a drastic move, like cut their starting right tackle to get him. Um, right. But there's been no indication of that. So, yeah, I think that's kind of a, a pipe dream. Uh, Chat's asking about Jack Con- Conklin. Ryan talked about him a little bit earlier. He thinks if the lines are going to make a splash, this free agency, that might be the guy, right? Yeah. Is that, I mean, is that what you could. said? I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah, I think if they're going to go out and they're going to sign somebody big, it's going to be something like that. I, that. That would potentially be the the most expensive signing too. I think that he might get a contract even more expensive than somebody like Byron Jones. Yeah. He's from Michigan, Plainview, Michigan. So you got the connection there where it might be appealing to him to come back home. There you go. All right. Jeremy Smith on our uh, Pride of Detroit chat. Our comment section asks about two Vikings that were recently released. Linval Joseph and Xavier Rhodes. Are either of you interested in bringing him in? Bringing either of those guys in, I should say. Uh, for her depth, her depth purposes, sure. Um, not so much roads. I don't know. He, he's he's fallen off a cliff the last few years. It seems like uh, Marvin Jones sucked the life out of him, and he just I don't know. And then the rest of the league did the same thing. But uh, Linville Joseph, I'm not going to act like I know how he's done the last year or so. I haven't really looked into it too much, but I know he's someone that was solid at one point. I think he had a run with the Giants. So you know, if we're talking about depth. Uh, yeah, Joseph, I, I'd be more apt to say him over Rhodes. Mm. Ryan, you want to start a family reunion in the Lions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think I'd be a bigger fan of getting Linval Joseph just because there's, for as much of a need as there is for cornerback at the Lions, I mean, potentially no Sean Robinson, filling Mike Daniels' spot, filling snack spot. There's... There are an awful lot of holes on that defensive line. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, we mentioned we mentioned all the defensive tackles on the market. Um, Joseph is definitely one of them. Still playing at a pretty high level, according to his PFF grades. Has been in the seventies or higher for the past six or so years. <clears throat> Although he's had a lot of help being surrounded by really good other defensive linemen in Minnesota. But he's a guy that can play nose. He's a guy that can play three tech. Um, he's on the bigger end at three three thirty ish. Um, I, I like the idea of, of considering Linval Joseph. He is 31 or he's going to be 30. He is 31. Um, <clears throat> so you're, you're not going to get a long-term deal out of him, but um, considering how saturated the market is, I think maybe you can get a good deal on him. So I would consider that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in on Linval Joseph. Xavier Rhodes kind of sucks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all right. <laughs> uh, let, let's move on here's a silly one nrs double zero one from our comment section asks which lines player do you think was most prepared for the run on toilet paper mm. is it is it too easy of an answer to say matthew stafford i mean he's got three kids so like you're gonna have to have a lot of toilet paper in in stock it's true kind of a boring answer though yeah, I can't think of anything witty to say about it. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I got nothing. I don't have any jokes to tell about a pandemic right now. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't have to be about the. All right. You guys want to be all serious? Fine. I'll give you a this serious, serious question. moment in world history. How dare you? CRS1, whatever his name was. <laughs> uh, I am. I'm. I sorry, I say I'm winning, I'd be lying. 
in the comment section asks, how do you think the Lions use a cap? Let, let's split it between offensive and defensive player. Give me a percentage of their free agency money. How much do they spend on offense? How much do they spend on defense? I think they spend more on offense than they do defense just because I think that they're going to sign Jack Conklin. So I'm going to say that I'm going to say their spending is going to be like 70, 30. Hmm. And how would you feel about that? Upset. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a therapy session. How that more. Make you feel, all right. <laughs> that would make me feel sad. I'm I'm glad you're using your feeling words. <laughs> Jerry, how about you? Mm, let's see. Byron Jones is going to be like 16 million. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll say 60, 40 uh, defense. Um, yeah. I, I think if, if I'm, if I'm ranking them spending a lot of money, you know, let's say that one big contract, I'm thinking of three guys. I think, I think it's Byron Jones. I think reader fits. And I, I, I kind of like what Ryan is saying on Conklin. So, but that's still two defenders and one offensive player. So I think the odds say the big money gets spent on defense, which will shift that uh, percentage. So I'll say 60-40 defense. I think I'm 70-30 defense. I'm going a little bit more on that side. And I know the Lions kind of went heavy on defense last year, but they obviously need more this year. I mean, they, they have no defensive tackles right now. They've, they've got Deshaun Hand, and he plays edge sometimes too anyway, so... They they need to spend a ton on defensive tackle. They probably need to spend some on a cornerback. They they need a third safety. Um, I think the Lions could go in with what they've got on offense and be not good, but okay. Like they they have Tyrell Crosby who could play tackle. Not entirely sure who they have at guard that can play. Um, but <clears throat> if they get Kenny Wiggins, they got a Ben Wiggins. <laughs> They they liked Kenny Wiggins enough to play him in a rotating thing, so they 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 certainly think he's valuable enough to play. So if they bring him back, maybe the offense is semi set. Sorry, I just threw up a little bit. Um. All right, last question, Chat. Do you have one for us? I don't think you do. Let me let me go back to the comment section. Or Jerry, do you have a question for us, Jerry? I've never asked this of guests. Do you have a question of us? Because you were telling me the other day that you're listening and you're kind of yelling at, at, I was going to say yelling at the screen, yelling at the radio, yelling at the podcast, saying your own input. So yeah. Maybe- I, I played a home version of the podcast. You know, it's been a while since I've been on. I, you know, love yeah. talking with you guys. I will insert, but it's usually me inserting, you know, oh, this would be a nice little point to put in like the little joke here answer this question it's not usually a question um yeah i can't really think of anything uh no i don't have anything really as far as questions goes i guess we've just answered all of life's problems yeah there's there's nothing going on that needs our solutions we're fine everyone's fine everything is good man everything is fine isolation is awesome i woke up today and Derek brown was still not a detroit lion things are good yeah, they draft him, man. Come on, please. Don't. So you're you're in agreement with that too, then, Jerry? Like you're yeah. totally off the Derek Brown yeah. at three. Yeah, I'm off of him at three, at six, at seven. I mean, if we trade it down to like twelve, 
you know, around, you know, like where the Colts are, maybe. But um, for one, I like Javon Kinlaw better than him. So if Kinlaw's still on the board, I'd rather have him. Yeah, I just, I just don't want it, man. I do have, well, no, I'm not going to ask that. We're going to keep it clean. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jeremy. <laughs> All right. Last one comes from LJB Ruff, one of our subscribers on Twitch. He asks, if you weren't a fan of the Lions, which team would you follow? Baltimore Ravens. Not the Chiefs? Yeah, I could root for the Chiefs too. I've done that in the <laughs> past, but uh I'm really a Baltimore Ravens. I mean Ravens? that that trade that that trade that they made to get Calais Campbell for a fifth round pick that they had acquired from the Vikings because they traded them their backup kicker. <laughs> right. That's not, amazing. That's that's not a not a not a bad trade off, I think, trading that fifth round pick for Calais Campbell. Man, he would have been awesome in Detroit. I would have traded a fifth round pick for Calais Campbell. Sure. A lot, of, a lot of lines wanted, a lot of lines fans wanted to sign him. When was he a free agent? Was it last year? About no, two, it was the year before. Two seasons ago. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry, who's your, your B team? I don't even have a B team. It's not even close, man. Every other sport, I do have a B team, um, except for football and basketball. It's the Pacers, oddly enough. Huge hmm. Reggie Miller stand. He's my favorite sure. non Detroit athlete. Uh, baseballs, the Braves, but football, I really, I really do not. I'll cheer for scenarios as they come and go. Um, you know, once the Super Bowl comes, I'll pick a team. Uh, I'm not mad at the Ravens. That's that's one of the teams I'm kind of liking right now. I like what they do, but uh, it's not really even close to having a rooting interest for anyone. So I'll just, uh, since I like Ryan and he granted all of my wishes as the genie, I'll jump on the Ravens bandwagon. Let's go, baby. Big trust. I'm I'm a little bit threatened by you two teaming up here. I feel like I feel like this every time you two are on the podcast together. It form this coalition that threatens my power. <laughs> I'm all I don't about really have usurping. a team either, though. What's that? I said I'm all about usurping. I'm usurping what? I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby, the off season. <laughs> All right, we're just going to end it there. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed our free agency preview. I'm not going to answer that question because I'm just a Lions fan and nothing else. I got wait uh, a minute. Birdie guy, he's asking how can I be a Pistons fan and also be a Reggie Choker fan. First of all, let's let's talk about <laughs> Reggie Miller, one of the one of the most clutch shooters <laughs> in NBA history. You know, if anyone thinks of Reggie and Choke, it's him putting up the choking sign to Spike Lee after mm-hmm. he gutted it the New York Knicks. <laughs> but I will tell you really briefly, you know, I know this is a football podcast. I became a Reggie Miller fan for the mere reason of being an annoying little brother. My older <laughs> sister, huge New York Knicks fan. Why? I think she she liked John Starks. Like she thought he was nice looking or whatever. Became a huge New York Knicks fan. And so being the annoying little brother, I said, well, if she likes the Knicks and they were playing the Pacers, I'm going to be a Pacers fan. I just chose it just to irritate her. And then when Reggie Miller scored uh, those eight points in like uh, 20 or so seconds, put up the choke sign and Spike Lee, that was it. Sign still delivered. Huge Reggie Miller stand and still in love that guy. Clutch shooter. Don't ever say he's a choker. That that winning, is, I think it's called winning time, the 30 for 30. Mm-hmm. Maybe my favorite one. He's, he's it awesome. was so good. It was really good. 
since since a lot of people are spending the next few weeks at home, that's your homework. Go watch that 30 for 30. And do me a favor. Imagine Reggie Miller in today's NBA where the three-point shot is a premium. He would be two, three, four times better than he already was, which was a Hall of Famer in those era, in the era he played in. Imagine him now in the three-point era. There you go. Jerry coming with the NBA knowledge, the NBA facts. But for now, free agency is coming. By the time you're listening to it, it is hours away. So enjoy free agency. Enjoy this podcast. And we'll see you probably this Thursday because we're going to have a lot to talk about this week. And get excited. There's actual sports stuff happening. We'll see you soon. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.